All right, so now we're going to start diving more into the bracha itself. Last week we did start with that. Um, we talked about the missing malchus. Yeah, really very puzzling, right? And the more... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the first bracha of Shmona Esrei. This bracha is known as Avos, forefathers, um, because it <laughs> it replaces, so to speak, right? It it uh, it brings about Malchus through the forefathers, through the Avos themselves. Um, and maybe I'll read through one time, and then we'll do the bit that we're going to do today. So this bracha is Baruch to Hashem. Hashem is the source of all bracha. He is directly, imminently present. And um, the loving creator of all that was, is, and will be. And he always was, is, and will be. And he is also personally my God. Elokeinu ve'elokeavoseinu. Our Lord, our, our master, the one who has all power and yet is connected to us, and also the Lord of our forefathers, the Lord of Avraham, the Lord of Yitzchak, and the Lord of Yaakov. Which we spent some time on. We will come back to it again a little, but mostly we covered it. Um, in introducing Shmona Esri, which is built, sort of seems to come out of this principle, the way the world comes out of the foundation stone. Good morning. Good morning. a happy Good face morning. to see. <laughs> um, isn't that true? <laughs> I saw the back of you yesterday. The back of me? I like was looking down in my pajamas. Hakel Hagadol Hagibor Vehanora, the mighty Lord who is Gadol Gibor Anora, great, powerful, and awesome. And we, we have talked about these. Kale Elyon. He is the Lord who is most high. Gomel Chasadim Tovim. He, uh, Gomel is actually a tough word. I didn't prepare a separate thing on it, but maybe we should talk about it one time when we get a little farther along. I didn't think of that. We could. Um, let me just make a note for that. We've talked about it elsewhere with Gomilos Chasadim. What is Gomilos Chasadim? Gomel Chasadim. Okay. Gomel Chasadim Tovim. He does good kindnesses. The Koneha Kol and is and owns all. He remembers or evokes the chesed of our forefathers, which is interesting because you see there's like a little bit of a, a set there, right? God does chesed and he owns everything and he remembers the chesed that our forefathers did. There's, there's something going on there, right? You've got chesed on one side from Hashem. You have chesed on the other side from mankind, in this case, the sort of most perfect people, which are the avos. And then in the middle, Hashem owns all. That's interesting. Okay, this follows on the Kale Elyon, which will make sense when we get to Kale Elyon. And some of you may remember it from an antique Parsha Shir. We actually hinted to some of that. Um, and he brings, he is bringing um, the Redeemer to their children's children for the sake of his own name with love. 
Melech, he is king. Ozer, he helps. Umoshia, he saves. Umogain, he shields. Or possibly those are nouns. King, helper, savior, shield. That might be a more correct. <laughs> it's hard to say how you translate that. I just read, oh my goodness, what was I looking in? A big, long Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra's are usually real short. And all of the sudden, <coughs> I can't remember where I was looking. I saw this yesterday. A very long Ibn Ezra talking about the nature of nouns and the nature of nouns as being conjugations of verbs. Or, or no, sorry, conjugations of adjectives. Like the word chacham is a person who is wise, but it means chacham, someone who who wised, like someone who became wise. It's actually, it's a verb, you don't, I mean, you have to know from context. Is it a person, is, as a noun, a chacham, or is it a verb, he wised? I mean, we don't happen to have a conjugation for wise that works that way. We would say like, he chakem, like he made himself wise. But many times you do have it, and it can be either one, right? So he's talking about that, and the difference between that and what we in English would call a proper noun, meaning a name. A name is not a noun. In Hebrew, a name is not a noun. A name is a name, a noun is a noun. And a noun is a conjugation of an adjective or a verb. And a name doesn't, isn't treated that way. So you don't, the, the, they don't have the same grammatical rules. You don't multiply that, you don't say he says Avramim. Like if you wanted to have two Avrahams in the room, you wouldn't say that there are Avrami. Like he has like all these examples to show how ridiculous that would be. Like you don't treat, it's very interesting. It's not, in English we say noun and proper noun as if they're just, you know, a, the proper nouns are a subset of nouns. But what he's saying is in Hebrew, we don't treat a name as if it's a noun. And therefore most of the names of Hashem are actually nouns with the exception of Yud, K, Vav, K. Oh, that's where I saw it on, on, in Shemos. We're going to get to this. Where he, I mean, I wasn't going to bring the Ibn Ezra there, but the, the, where Hashem says, describes his name as a variation on that, Ekeyeh, right? Olive, He, Yud, and He. Mm -hmm. That's where he says it. He said this difference, like you can't just say that it's a variation. Like when, when there's a name that refers to God, which is the Yud, He, Vav, and He, I think we indicated once before how that was different. It's somehow referring to him, not his deeds. But all the other names of God are referring to his deeds. They're really nouns. <laughs> very, very, very amazing and unusual for an Ibn Ezra because it goes on for pages and pages. I mean, he knew how to write. He wrote poetry and all kinds of interesting things, but mostly his, his explanations of things are extremely short. A few words here and there just to clarify the grammatical grammar. Explanations grammatical. This was grammatical, all right. She does grammatical things sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. So Ibn Ezra is mostly grammatical, but not always. And once in a while, he'll say something grammatical, and then, you know, I, I think it had to do with with having a clear objective as to why he was writing the commentary. Because Ibn Ezra wrote incredible poetry. And very humor, I mean, he has a very sort of a dark and funny sense of humor about himself. Have you ever heard the old Yiddish joke about the difference between the Shlomil and the Shlomazel? Ibn Ezra didn't speak Yiddish, but it's really, it was his joke originally. Mm -hmm. he, he was dirt poor, like to the point where he was not only sleeping in his clothes, but that was his bedding. Like he was really poor. And he talks about, you know, if he would just go into the shroud business, nobody would die. Like, 
no matter what he tried to do to support himself, right? No matter what he tried to do to support himself, he he had like a mazel, like he was gonna be poor, you know. And he had it was such a, a an upbeat attitude, and yet it's wry, you know. I mean, he's really, but that doesn't show up in his commentary on the Torah. He's really clear what he's doing with the commentary on the Torah. So it's always this surprise when suddenly he'll he'll show you what the implications are of the grammar. Then it's like a very big surprise. Okay. So my mistake in how how you're supposed to translate Melech Ozer Umoshia Umagain. Either verbs or nouns. Baruch to Hashem, you're the source of all blessing, Hashem, Magain Avraham, the shield of Avraham. That's the big picture. So you can already see that there are questions here. We talked about the missing Malchus. There's also the question of, it starts with the three Avos and ends with only one, with Avraham. Starts with a bow and ends with a bow. Starts with a bow and ends with a bow. We talked about that. Um, so there's kind of, there's a lot going on over here. This whole thing with the Chesed bracketing that Hashem owns, everything. Okay, so maybe I'll, okay. So we want to talk about, I just want to get out so that we have it next time. Okay. Bracketing. Chesed. Okay. Okay, so I want to start. I'm not going to go back over Baruch Ato Hashem, like those words, because we covered them several years ago. As I said, I don't want to redo those shiurim. We can, you can hear them. They're recorded. Um, but I do want to just remind us of a few little points that um, are helpful specifically for the beginning of Shemona Esrei and what we're doing in Shemona Esrei. I mean, all of it is relevant or else it wouldn't be there, but specifically for this. So one is, when we say Baruch Atah, the word Atah is Lenochach. It's directly facing, second person, you. I didn't translate it correctly, maybe. I think one of the times I said, um, Hashem is the source of all bracha. It means you. You are which is a reminder, that's a jolt. When we say the word atah and we realize we are facing God, he is directly, directly, Mm -hmm. our face is there, right? And we are speaking to him. And we are speaking to him with where we are. We don't move during Shemona Esrei. We move before Shemona Esrei, we move after Shemona Esrei. During Shemona Esrei is a state of stasis. Really, it's that little bit of being a malach, that little bit of leaving the body altogether, right? The akedah, the korban. So it's a time of not moving. So it's a time of one is realizing I have, it's being in touch with where I am and that this is where I am. And maybe it's for better and maybe it's for worse, but I have to face God where I am, who I am right now. And that's also encouraging because who that is, I don't have to be afraid to see who I am because whoever I am, I'm still in here, right? I've taken my three steps in. I'm in here and I'm face to face with God, so to speak. That that's also, that's not only possible, but that he desires to have that relationship and that communication with me, the dialogue that we spoke about. So it somehow combines something quite terrifying and also quite comforting in one same idea. It's both. Okay, I have a few notes here from a shear from Rav Berkowitz, which he, he just, he puts it his own way. So some of it overlaps with what we've heard, but I, I would like to just 
do it his way because he made a different point that I hadn't had before, but it's based on that. So he says, Baruch Ato Hashem. First of all, it's a statement of fact. Hashem, you are the source of all bracha. Also, that we are being mevarech Hashem, saying, Hashem, may you be blessed. May your name spread and be known among all creatures. It's also a topic we've talked about quite a lot. And the rest of the bracha, if you look at the rest of this entire bracha, really awesome, it's essentially a searching to identify Hashem. It's a very, very different way to see it. He says, really, that's what we're looking at, right? We're saying, he calls it identifying Hashem in our hearts. We've talked about this, that with Shemona Esrei, we're going deep, deep, deep into ourselves in order to get to facing God, which is different than going deep, deep, deep into the earth or the science of the earth or the events of history or what, right? It's a whole different direction we're facing. Now, on this concept that this whole bracha, on the one hand, is the bracha of the avos and is a search for God, so to speak. A search and hopefully a finding in some way, some peace, right? Because really the whole thing is a string of descriptors. So with, with regard to that, he says when the Jews were in Mitzrayim and Hashem called Moshe and he told him, Go tell the Jews that I'm going to take them out of Egypt. And Moshe says, sorry, here we go. We're going to come back to this again. Moshe says to Hashem, I'm going to come to the Jewish people and I'll tell them the God of your forefathers sent me to you. And they'll say to me, what is his name? What should I tell them? And the Ramban here says that there's no problem. He doesn't have to convince them that there's a God of their forefathers. They want to know in what way is he coming? What should we expect? Are we expecting Hashem to come? In a, is it a natural salvation? What does this mean that he's going to redeem us? Should we expect it to be like when Hashem saved Sarah? She got, you know, there was this disease that broke out amongst the Mitzrim and they kicked her out. And it was, it was miraculous, but it was also within the scope of what nature could produce, right? It wasn't the splitting of the Red Sea that was going to come, right? They wanted to know what interaction is Hashem coming, then what should I tell them? And the Ramban says, because every Jew knows that there is God and has that recognition within himself. Any Jew can turn inside himself and he will come to realize there is a God. And therefore, that is not what, what's missing, what their question is is different, right? Essentially, the question is, is different. And Rav Berkowitz is quoting this. He's saying every Jew has a clear recognition of God, that he is there when we need him. When we are in need, we call out to him and he will be there for us. That's something that we are referencing and leaning on in the opening of the Shemona Esrei. You are the God of our forefathers, and we know that you're there when we call to you, which ties in with the whole concept of how we come into Shemona Esrei with our requests, right? Bringing our needs into Shemona Esrei, and that that's an important thing to do. I just saw, I didn't put it into the notebook here, but the Shla, so interesting. 
Okay, the Shla has this whole section in Shnei Luchot Sabris that Rav Yishai Halevi Horowitz on. It's like tips for Kavana. <laughs> okay. Very useful. And so interesting the way he describes that because he tends to be very Kabbalistic, but over here it's like super practical. So uh, just as an example, one of them, he says, standing still. He says, when you're dominating, standing still. And some people will say no if they move around, like if they shuckle, you know, like helps them. He's like, yeah, whatever, they say that. But look around, experience shows standing still helps you focus. It's very, very interesting. It was like, it wasn't like based on a pasuk. I don't know, like he's just like, stand still. Um, and one of them, sorry, I seem to be losing my train of thought. Talk about focus. Um, I can't remember what the point was. Shla brings these different tips for Kavanas. What was it? One of them was speaking the language. But the more Hebrew you know, the easier it will be to focus on the davening. Um, he even advises people, like, speak, speak Hebrew during the day, which is also, like, not the same as what you hear people say, like, Yiddish, so they won't speak the holy language during the day. He's like, speak the holy language all day if you can, because the better you know Hebrew, the better you'll be able to. Okay, I don't remember now why I was bringing that. If anyone remembers, call me out on it. Okay. Oh, turning to Hashem when we're in trouble. Yeah. So he says, you, sometimes if a person is wealthy or things are going well, it can be difficult for him to focus and really get into the davening. And that it is therefore very important. Now, you know, we know this is important, but he's bringing it for a different reason. He's saying how important it is to get in touch with something we really need. To feel a sense that there is something where, whether it's we're hopeless without it, or we desire it so much, or it's hurting, or it's just missing, lacking, painful, and that we should come into our Shmona Esrei prepared with that, prepared with something that does hurt, and, and the intensity of that, and how that brings to an intensity of thought and emotion in the davening as well, which is also like a very unusual and interesting angle. something in particular that you're actually really grateful for. Nice. That, that, I mean, that makes sense. I hadn't mm -hmm. heard that. I haven't gotten all the way up to Modim, So, <laughs> But it makes a lot of sense, especially because we know there, there's some kind of parallel with Modim and the bracha of Avos. That's very interesting. Okay. Okay. So he says, Hashem, the, the name of God Elokeinu, Elokim, is specifically a reference to that that Hashem is all-powerful, right? Elohim is that he has power over everything, um, over all other powers. And by saying Elokeinu, that he's our powerful Lord, is specifically referencing and reminding us that we know that there's a God who is there when we need him. When we have a need and we call upon him, he's there. And that is this Elokeinu ve'elokeia voseinu, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak ve'elokei Yaakov. And more than that, but I closed it. Sorry. In the context of that Ramban that he mentioned, right, where Moshe says, what should I tell them? And he'll say, you tell them that, okay. Vayomer od Elohim. Okay, so Moshe says, what name should I tell them? Vayomer Elohim el Moshe. I actually made a handout of this. It just was it's in a different spot. So here, if you want to follow along. It's, it's really just this little bit. Okay. And we say it that way because even though the word means I will be, 
but in this context, it's a name of God, according to most opinions. Vayomer, and he said, Kosomar so should you say to the Jewish people, Ekieh, the God who is describing himself this way, Shalachani Aleichem, has sent me to you. Vayomer od Elohim al Moshe. And God said further to Moshe, which is also interesting. Kosomar Bnei Israel, so should you say to the children of Israel, Hashem Elokei Avosechem, Hashem, the God of your forefathers, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Sounds familiar, right? We knew the Chazal don't make a Shmona out of their own words, basically, right? The God, the Lord of Avraham, the Lord of Yitzchak, the Lord, and the Lord of Yaakov, Shalachani Aleichem, has sent me unto you. Zeshemile Olam, this is my name forever, Vezezichri Lidordor. And this is my, this is what recalls me generation after generation. So it's interesting. Hashem says, tell them this name with which I'm going to redeem them, but also tell them that this God, this is the God who was always there, that you know about from your forefathers, from your inside self, that you know that there is a God who is there and powerful to save you when you are in need. Okay. So now I want to share with you, I, we may have once talked about this, I don't think in the davening share, but this is something specific about the name of Hashem. When we get to the word, so this was Baruch Atah, and a little bit about the Elokeinu. When we say the name of Hashem, which is spelled yud Hey and then vav Hey, but we don't say that. What we say is Ha'adon Shali, right, my master. And we, and again, we, we had Shiram on this already, so I'm not going to repeat it. But I did want to bring something specific to Shmona Esrei on what we think about when we say the name of Hashem, which is always tricky because you've got to look at it and think about the meaning of one name and then say it and think about the meaning of another name. You really have to have both names in mind, and it's very hard to do. And it takes a lot of practice, and even when you get a lot of practice, then it's easy to forget to do it and just say it. Speaking from my personal experience, I don't know about your personal experience. <laughs> okay. When Avraham says in Parshas Lech Lecha, Hashem, he says, Hashem Elohim. And the word he uses for Hashem is Adonai. With what shall I know that I will, in fact, inherit the land that you are promising to me? Uvivrachos. In the Gemara and Brachos, I'm reading now from Mayan Beis HaShoeva, which is Rav Schwab on Chumash. In the Gemara and Brachos it says, Amar Rav Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rav Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Miyom Shabara HaKadosh Baruch Hu Esa Olam Lohaya Adam Shekarao LaKadosh Baruch Hu Adon Ad Sheba Avraham Vekarao Adon. And from the day that God created the world until this moment, there was nobody who called Hashem Adon, Master, until Avraham. They had names for God, but this one, Adon, this is new to Avraham. There were already tzaddikim who called Hashem Melech. There were already tzaddikim who called Hashem, we saw with Malki Tzedek, Kel El Yon. We're going to come to that, obviously. Okay. And perhaps we could comment on this. What can we, so what can we get from this? The fact that Avraham is the first one to say that. Which is a difference between a Melech and an Adon. God was called Melech before Avraham, but he wasn't called Adon before Avraham. Now, what's the difference between the relationship to a king and the relationship to a master for a servant? Not much difference. 
It's essentially the same. The master decides or the king decides what you should do, and you do it. <laughs> and it's not really up to you to decide whether you want to do it or don't want to do it. Or He's, He decides what to do, and you have to do it. And you can do it happily, or you can do it unhappily, I suppose. But you got to do it. Okay. So one main difference, there are others. One main difference is, well, we know about the, the, the flip side for melech. Why do you need melech, not adon, right? So one thing with a melech is the choosing, the crowning of the king. That we talk about all the time, Rosh Hashanah time. But what about an adon? Why, do you need, why would there be a benefit to talk, real, relating to Hashem as if he's an adon, a master, instead of just as a king? It's the personal aspect. No matter how many servants a person has, they can know each one of them. A king doesn't know every one of his subjects. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a personal relationship with any one of them. right? The ones who are closer to him, he's connected to. The ones who are farther from him, he's not connected to. And if he wants something done, he may send out some sort of general command to the people out there, right? or somebody to go get it done. But unless the person comes and makes some sort of special appeal, there isn't any daily connection. Oh, we got loads of paper. <laughs> so he's not just calling, Avram's not just calling Hashem Adon, he's saying my Adon. It's an emphasis on that personal relationship. It's individual. And that is something innovated by Avraham, that each and every person can recognize that he is an Eved with a particular, special, unique, personal relationship with his master. And this is something that we realize when we say Shmona Esrei. Again, like I said, I wanted to come just with like one thing sort of for each set of words, just, but that ties into this message that I'm standing here directly before God. You're my master, and that's personal. Not just master, but mine. Okay. So, we, we have mentioned before, um, I think this is also from Rav Schwab, and I saw it also in the Maharal. Why, I, oh, we mentioned it from the Maharal, I think, last week, that why are each one mentioned? Eloke Avraham, Eloke Yitzchak, Eloke Yaakov. Why does it say Eloke before each one? Because each one is an Av. And the meaning of Av is the original initiating source of something. If, there's, if the Av inherited something or follows on from something before it, it's not an Av, it's a Ben. Okay? So the fact that these three, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, are Avos, means Yaakov didn't just evolve out of Yitzchak. Yitzchak didn't evolve out of Avraham. Each one of them in some way initiated, innovated something new that began with them and not with their father or grandfather before them. Okay? So again... Each one, each one matters, each one in their avoda. But if so, then why does it start with Elokeinu Velokea Voseinu in the group? There's this kind of like group aspect and there's a kind of individual aspect. Not only that, but that speaks not only to the avos, but to us. Because really, the beginning of this bracha is talking about three avos and the end of the bracha is talking about one av, Avraham. So we kind of see playing out here is this each and every person, and yet there's the set of three, right? There's this kind of both things going on. Okay. There's a unity of Eloke Avraham, Eloke Yitzchak, Veloke Yaakov. 
because Hashem is putting the same name attached to each one. And there's a uniqueness of each one that each one brings. There's both. And that's their, it's a Kedusha that they bring. Furthermore, and this, I, right now, I happen to be looking at the Rikanadi. The Grot goes into it much more, which I hope to get to very soon. Maybe not today, but very soon. Which is, we talked about Hakel Hagadal Hagibor Vehanora, which was in a statement that Moshe makes. But really, this set of three, that corresponds to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Not only that, he says everything is a pattern of that. The gra the goes into it in greater depth. It's Avram Yitzchak. Let me see if I have it like right over here. If not, we'll have to wait till we come to it. There's Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. There's um, Shevach Bakasha Hoda'a. There are three brachos at the beginning, three brachos at the end. Every one of them is really a, a play out again of Gadol Gibor Nora, Gadol Gibor Nora, Gadol Gibor Nora over and over again. It's all built on the same pattern. Maybe that's not entirely surprising because one of the main reasons why Shemona Esri has 18 brachos, I mean, I was going to say, do you remember, but we had like 20 of them, right? One of them was, one of the primary ones was 18 verses in which the names of all three of us are in the same verse, right? And then there was a 19th one where they're backwards, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so... The fact that Shemona Esrei is built on a structure of these three Avos mm -hmm. shouldn't really have surprised us at all. <laughs> that should be natural. Mm -hmm. Of course that's how you're going to design a Shemona Esrei. Okay. Now, this is also a hint from the Rikanati, which I, I, I hope I have a little bit more detailed explanation somewhere in here. I moved this page, and now I'm thinking, oh, I should have moved it. But anyway, here it is. So... <clears throat> The Torah, in, in the Torah, Chazal, in having this pattern, are following the pattern also in the Torah. And we notice that the pattern is super consistent. So Hashem is described as Hagadol, Hagibor, Vehanora. Not Hagadol, Vehagibor, Vehanora. And not Hagadol, Hagibor, Hanora, which would have been correct. Also, because it's only three. So with three of them, you can do it any of those ways. But here it's A, B, and C. And also with Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Hashem said to Moshe, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Velokei Yaakov. Not all three without the Vav, not two of them with the Vav, two without, one with. And the one with the Vav is always the one in the position of Yaakov. Now that should be setting off all kinds of bells. Because Yaakov's got a special thing about vavs. He does, he's like got a magnetic pull with vavs, right? Yaakov holds the vav. That's the vav <laughs> that umevi goel God is bringing our, our redemption, our redeemer, right? Yaakov in five places is spelled with a vav in his name. And Eliyahu Hanavi is spelled five places without a vav in his name because Yaakov is holding on to the vav as a Pidyon, as a picadon, saying, I'm holding on to this until such time as you will come and announce the coming redemption. Mm -hmm. I'm holding it till the final redemption. And it seems that in mentioning that Hashem, in telling Moshe, 
when he's telling him, you go save the Jews now. I'm going to send you to be my messenger for this. He says, There is the hint to it there. That addition of the Vav in the Yaakov does connect to the fact that there's a redemption being started, but it's, it isn't the final one. It's not in his name, you know, but it's there attached to him. This Vav, which is, yeah, okay. Bob is also missing over here in a few places and a similar similar explanation. Actually, that's that might be on that handout. Did I bring that? Uh, yeah, if you look at this handout at the Ramban. Okay, the Ramban says, This is my memory or what's evoked to generation, generation. This is referring back to the part of the sentence, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Okay, so the sentence said, i just find the right pasuk. Hashem said further to him, go tell the Jewish people, Hashem, the God of your forefathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Yitzchak, the God of Yaakov, sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my remembrance for all generations. Which? He's saying, which is my memory? Which is my name and which is my memory? What are you talking about? What are they referring to this as? So he says the first one, is, well, he, he doesn't do it in that order. First, he starts by saying that. This is my memory, or what I remember, generation to generation, that I am the God of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, because never will I forget the covenant with the forefathers. That covenant will be remembered forever. And all generations, when they mention Yazkiru, right, when they evoke the words, Elokei Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, which is what we do in Shemona Esrei. When we say that, we are evoking the memory of the bris. Hashem was like telling him a clue, right? That's a connection here that helps us understand a little bit why it goes to maybe go God is bringing a redeemer to the grandchildren. Because when we say, we open by saying, God of Avraham, God of Yitzchak, God of Yaakov, Hashem told Moshe, that phrase, that I am the God of Avram, the God of Yitzchak, the God of Yaakov, is because I have a covenant with them. That's a different pasuk, right? That's the Ezkor um, brisi Avraham, v'afes brisi Yitzchak, v'afes brisi Yaakov, Ezkor. It's one of the cases where Yaakov has an extra vav, actually. right? We talked about it most recently because over there it doesn't say remembering Yitzchak because Yitzchak is always present before God. That, right? We saw that one. Okay. So this is the memory of the covenants with each of the avos, each one really on their own. And when we talk about it, we evoke that memory. Now, when God says, this is my name forever, because this, in this verse, he says there are two thises. This is, my mem- this is my name forever. This is what I remember from generation to generation. So what are the two parts? It sounds like it's talking about two different things. It could have just said, So ze and ze must be pointing to two different pieces. He says, really, This is my name forever. That's Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak. God of Avraham, God of Isaac. He's naming him, I mean, this is, a, this is one of those sort of astonishing things it doesn't do us to think too deeply about because we're, 
We don't have anywhere to go with it, right? That God allows himself to be named and identified by Jewish people, right? That's my name. Le'olam, which is spelled, it doesn't, this Ramban I see has an error in the, in the actually the Ramban may have it that way, but the Pasuk um, actually has the word Le'olam, doesn't have a Vav there, which means it's like the word Alem, hidden. Like this is something that's also hidden. Vizezichri, and, and this, vize, the and this, which is pointing to the one that starts with the Vav. Ve'loke Yaakov, that is the memory. <laughs> That's why Hashem added the Vav to both of them. This is something, and, and Dor Dor is Chaser. The Dor Dor is Chaser, also there's, the Vavs are missing. And this, one who knows can understand. So I don't know, so I can't understand. But I could point to things that we've seen before that probably connect to this. So Lador Dor clearly spells out Dardar. Kotzva Dardar, right? The brambles and the thistles that, that Adam will have to work with, mm-hmm. right? And the Dalid Resh, the fact that Dalids look like Reshes, Reshes look like Dalids, and the necessity of being able to distinguish between, right? Rabbi Y.Y. Rubenstein spoke about that a few years ago mm-hmm. on Sukkot. It was like this mind-blowing shear. We have that on the, uh, actually on the shear website. I posted it. It's there. <laughs> Um, really very astonishing and beautiful shear mm-hmm. about that difference between the Dalit and the Resh and needing to see the, the little, the Kotz, Kotz Vidaitar, the thorn, the Kotz, which is the Kotz of a Yod, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, added onto a Resh, and then you see that it's a Dalit, not a Resh, right? So you get Hashem Echad, you wouldn't be saying, God forbid, Hashem Acher, right? That's a, we talked about that Shema time, I think. Okay. Another piece is the missing vav and the added vav, which we've learned about with Yaakov in other places. Okay, that ze zichri, this is my, okay, so Liz Kor, we've said over and over again, is speaking about something. Evoking it is probably the best word because it's a combination of speaking and remembering, turning it into the beginning of action. Yaakov holds that vav, right? It is associated specifically with Yaakov. That is my zecher, my mention, to the, all the generations that will come down the line. Meaning, at the final, final geula, it's that vav that's associated with Yaakov that will be evoked, mm-hmm. spoken, that, right, that Eliyahu mevaser ha who speaks the geula. So, the answer is I don't know, but we've learned some things that probably connect to it. That's Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. And I'm also not going to repeat this because this was really last week's shear. Um, if we look at the Rashi here in Shmo, I keep quoting the The Rashi in Shmos, which I made a note to add for next time. I didn't put it on this uh, source sheet. It's just an oversight. Okay. This is my name forever. Rashi says, Chaser Vav, missing a Vav. Lomar, to tell you, He'elimuhu shelo yikra kichsavo. God hid it so it wouldn't be read as it's written. You'll read it as hidden. <laughs> he hides it and it's hidden. And it is hidden. I mean, that's, it becomes hidden. The word hidden is. Zezichri. This is the mentioning. So now all of a sudden, the way Rashi's putting it, you see it's almost a contrast. The he'elem, the being hidden, le'olam, 
and the zecher, which is the opposite of hiding, that brings it back out again. You see this kind of contrast over here. Lamdo, he taught him, heach nikra, how to call, like how to say it. V'chein David hu omer, and so also by David. David says, Hashem shimcha leolam, omer, Hashem shimcha leolam, Hashem zichrecha ledor vador. He says something very similar, David. Hashem, your name is forever. Hashem, your memory for all generations. So he's saying, I'm hiding something, and I'm telling you how to bring it back out. It's also like an astonishing thing. And this is particularly embedded into the mention that Hashem is the God of Avraham, the God of Yitzchak, the God of Yaakov, because as we said, the Avos are, are that vehicle for disclosing or showing the presence of God into the world. That was the role. That was the main role that they played. And we talked about different ways that they played it last week, right? Each one their own way that they brought out, that they taught the world, that there is a God who created the world, who is involved with people directly, who cares what we do, who is managing everything that happens. That's the Avos. That's something which Hashem hid and which through the Avos becomes revealed. This is, okay, this is a very important opening to Shemona Esrei because Shemona Esrei is in a sense a very hidden place. It's the Kodesh HaKadashim. It's the most hidden part of the Beis HaMikdash. It's the most hidden part of our davening. It's quiet. We don't appear to be moving, right? And there's a lesson here in how we reveal something from how we hide something. There's this unfolding from the Avos of the revelation of Hashem's Malchus in the world, of his Ratzon in the world, of striving to align our own needs and our own desires and our own pains with that of the world as a whole, recognizing that Hashem's goal in the world is to bring Redeemer to their children's children. It's already in process. It's present tense. It's just slow by human terms. It's one step at a time. It's piece by piece as we will be describing all these pieces that, will be un that are unfolding all through our lifetimes and our generations and the eras of God's malchus being revealed into the world until such time as what we call the final redemption, when the whole world will recognize that Hashem Hu Elohim, that Hashem is the Melech. That's really the process of Shemona Esrei, and therefore it all begins with Elokeinu Velokei Avoseinu, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Velokei Yaakov. That's really where it all comes out from. And that's why the halacha was, a person should stop and think, can I have kavana for the first bracha? If I can, let me go for it. If I can't, let me wait till I can. Now, I don't think that's advice to not daven, right? I think usually it applies to something more like if a person has a pain, or there's noise, or there's, right, or they need to use the bathroom or something like that. But, but it's a very important lesson. Start, before I say, stop and think, can I have in mind what I need to have in mind. This bracha really matters. It all comes from here. Okay. The Rashabam says over here, keep like, see, I left it open. Hashem said further to Moshe. And again, this is Hashem. It's like also the context, right? The context of Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov is Hashem coming and saying, I will be here to redeem you. Right? That's Umevi Goa Livnei This is how we, 
you understand how it's going together. It's specifically the revelation that Hashem is redeeming the world. It's not... Okay. When we call Hashem Elokeinu Velokei Avoseinu, the God of uh, um, our God and the God of our forefathers, that itself is a reference to... Um, it's a term of adnus, of mastery, and malchus, kingship. He doesn't say specifically... Over there in Shemona Esrei, therefore it fills it in, where we're missing Malchus. It doesn't say Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. When I say missing Malchus, that's what I'm talking about. If you didn't hear that other shir yet, but you should hear it somehow. I don't know where you put it in, but <laughs> that one you shouldn't miss. <laughs> okay. Um, like we would say to kings, long live the king. The king is a reference to the person who is the king, but it's more to the role than, than the etzem of who the person is. And he says again, something similar that, that the Zesh Mile Olam, this is my name forever, and the word forever is spelled hidden. God's name, like being able to f- refer to him directly, that's hidden. Even the only name we know that's like that, which is Yud Hey, Vav and Hey, is hidden. We don't know how to say it. It's a hidden name. Zesh Mile Olam, Vezezichri Lador Dor. But for all generations, you can mention me, you can refer to me. <laughs> right? And that's like, like as with a king, where we say, long live the king. But that's not who he is. I mean, it's his role, right? King is the role. And in this way, we mention kings. We don't mention their names. Or Chaim has a very interesting thing also with the name, like this, this very deep intertwining of the role of the Avos in revealing Hashem as king and Hashem revealing himself as king by redeeming us which the first place we seem to really see this in a big way is with Mitzrayim here, at the beginning of it, when Hashem is telling Moshe the instructions for the redemption, that's where it first starts to really come out. So the Orachayim says over here, that name that Hashem reveals here, the Aleph He and then Yud and He, he says Aleph stands for Avraham. Two He's together stand for Yaakov, seems to be because he, he, he bonds together the two extremes of Rachamim and Din, perhaps, right? That sort of, when you talk about Chesed, Gevura, and uh, Tiferes, right? Or, did I say that right? Yeah, Chesed, Gevura, Tiferes, or um, Rachamim, Din, and Emes, together, like combining them together, so that kind of role of spanning them. So the Aleph is Avraham, the Yud is Yitzchak, and the two Hays together are the Yud of Yaakov. It's like also this same... Right? It's Yaakov as the Vav, as the, as the connecting letter, the letter that connects. It's somehow, it's very interesting. It somehow seems to be very deeply intertwined. This, this, this three coming together as one set of Avos is like a very important, this is the source of all of it. Okay, so now these are uh, bonus. Some bonus ideas that... You see which ones are exciting for you at any particular time in the Shmona Esrei. So this is from Rabbi Leff's book on Shmona Esrei. Why does it say Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Velokei Yaakov? Why couldn't we just have said Elokeinu Velokei Avoseinu, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov? Ooh, that's a good one, right? That's like some question. He says that we have something additional here. We have Elokei, Elokei, and Veloke, which are 13 extra letters 
Oh, so now we start saying, hang on, 13. <laughs> 13, that's like, that's echad. You know, I mean, 13, that's like a very significant number. But it's more than that. The name Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov also is 13 letters. So now I had Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, I had 13, echad, right? But now I've added also Elokeinu, uh, I've added, sorry, Eloke, Eloke, and Veloke, and now I've got another set of 13 mixed together with the first set of 13. Not only that, but I didn't count this out, sorry. Sarah is three, Rivka is four. Sarah, Rivka, Rachel is three, and Leah is three. That's three, six, nine, ten, right? That's another ten. Thirteen, yeah. It's 13 letters, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leah? Did I add it on wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's four sets of three plus one. It's another set of 13. Okay. So what he's... Obviously, this is an... It's like a three-stranded mention of the threeness, that, but that it's actually echad. Hashem elokeinu Hashem echad. Right? Hashem elokeinu Hashem echad. Okay. But he says also, when you add the avos and imahos together, now I think it's very interesting that the names of the mothers are not said here. They seem to be somehow met, hinted to in God's name. The Eloke Avraham, Eloke Yitzchak, Eloke Yaakov. Which, because it seems that the Mephorshim take this as a reference to the names of the mothers, which add up to the same. Now it's funny, it could be, and I don't know if it's so, but in many places, the Mephorshim are going to talk about why do we have Magen Avraham for Avraham? Why do we have Mechaye Hamesim for Yitzchak? And why do we have Hakel Hakadosh for Yaakov? Each of these first three brachos corresponds to one of the Avos. And that's because they correspond to the three brachos which Hashem told Avraham. Um, so look them up. V'agad la'shemecha. V'e'escha l'goi gadol. V'agad la'shemecha. V'heye bracha, I think, are the three of them. And the Maharal in Gurarye said that you see that they are all, when they're granted to Avraham in his lifetime, it's all through Sarah. The miracles of the tent of Sarah are the, are the um, materialization of the brachos that Hashem gave him. It seems that it, it's not such a strange thing if, in, especially in this context, if the names of the forefathers are brought and corresponding to the brachos that Hashem gave to Avraham, and that the brachos Hashem gave to Avraham are actually fulfilled through their wives, mm-hmm. then it's not so strange that the godly side of this, these pairs would refer to the names of the mothers. It's an interesting and surprising thing. Okay. This is also adds up the, the two sets, the L-O-K, Avraham, Elokate, Yitzchak, Elokate, Yaakov. What you have here is an intertwining of God and human relationship, the dialogue, right? This close, intimate relationship. It's not Elokate, 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 Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, right? They're alternating, adding up to 26, which is the numerical value of Yud, He, and Vav, and He, which ties in with that idea of the Avos as the vehicle for revealing Hashem to the world. Another implication of the mention of Eloke, of God, with the name of each of the Avos, is that each one emphasized a different attribute of Hashem. Avraham personifying Chesed, Yitzchak Gvura, Yaakov Teferes, or Emes. And that these are, 
It's not that these are their attributes, it's that they are personifying attributes of godliness. These are Hashem's attributes that they are bringing into them, you know, the, emulating God in this way. Which is, those, are the, those three mitos are the first three foundations of the whole creation. Again, this sort of creation of the world as it needs to be. And that bonding together, the bonding with Hashem, that alternating so that each person is bound personally to Hashem, this is the, the bond of Olam Haba. This is the bond, having a personal connection to Hashem, who is the source of everything in the world and also beyond the world. And having that connection, that is the connection which we have that connects us to Olam Haba, to having a future in the world to come. A man has the ability to elevate his physical being by using his physical surroundings in a way that allows him to emulate Hashem and bring his neshama closer to Hashem after leaving this world. And it is in this way that man creates his own ultimate reward and then can appreciate it to the fullest. That I assume is a paraphrase of Mesilas Yashar, right? The Nehenem Miziv Shechinaso to enjoy, enjoy the closeness to Hashem in the next world and that that's earned through our actions and therefore enjoyed much more than something that was just given to us. This is from, oh, still from Rabbi Lev. Yeah, he has like a whole bunch of different ideas which sort of tie together, but, okay. Um, he also asks, why does it say Yaakov and not Yisrael? So the first reason he gives is because then you wouldn't have 13 letters, right? <laughs> which, is, which is good, you know, it's good. But you don't like these, you always want to have like a positive reason for something, not just because of a negative reason. Like if you didn't, it would be something else. But he says another reason. He says Yaakov is said here, not Yisrael, because it was Yaakov who instituted, as Yaakov, before he was Yisrael, who instituted the bracha, the tefillah of Mayriv. Right? Shimon Esrei, we have a shachris, a minchan, a mayriv. Shachris instituted, begun originally by Avraham, Yitzchak, Mincha, and Yaakov, Mayriv. So you specifically want the Mayriv. Now, he goes further, Rabbi Lef. And he doesn't dig in so much to the shachris, Mincha, of Avraham and Yitzchak, although... I think it would make some very interesting thinking about like why it's not just that Avraham like in some kind of order right but actually like there's a significance to Avraham with the beginning of the sun the beginning of the day Yitzchak was sort of the peak of the day as it's waning and Yaakov as Myriv which is the night Yaakov is the first one to really go into a gullus right I mean Avraham has to leave everything, but where is he leaving to? He's leaving to Eretz Yisrael. He's leaving to Geula. He's Lech Lecha, right? Yaakov's the one who has to leave home and, like, leave Eretz Yisrael. So there's something specifically Yaakovdik, not Yisraelish, something about Yaakov and the night and the Mayrav of the night and this tefillah that, what does it mean, the tefillah? That's the face-to-face, one-on-one, close connection to God that he built in the night. This... is the ve'eloke Yaakov, the extra vav, and the god of Yaakov. It's different from Avram and Yitzchak, who are by day. And it's also in the dark, and yet it's going to get you till the morning, right? Yaakov struggles with the malach adalos hashachar, until the sun will come up, right? That vav of the geula, 
is really connected to Yaakov and what Yaakov lived through and how Yaakov had to serve Hashem. And he was away from his parents for 22 years and his own son went missing for 22 years and then another one is thrown in jail and may never come out of the pit, right? I mean, it's like, okay. Yaakov takes the Vav and incorporates it into his name and he mentions about, the, about Eliyahu, of course, but he incorporates it into his name to give a source through Torah learning and observance, a taste in this world, in the darkness of having a bond with Hashem, the Vav that connects. He says, and that's, I think you could also see that in his dream, right? He sees the latter connecting the lower world with the upper world. This is something where Yaakov has an insight and experience that he initiates and teaches all of his descendants after him which is a special kind of connection that comes of working in the dark. Okay. So I think what I'll do is I will stop here. And next week, in Hashem, we'll start with the Hakel Hagadol Hagibor Vehanora, some of which we covered, but we'll do a, short, a shorter version of that and maybe get to Kel Elyon as well. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, we finally got the short answer. <laughs> Hard to believe. <laughs>